0: Welcome to the Michigan Minds podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Thank you both so much for joining Michigan Minds today. I'm really glad that you're here to share some really important information with all of us. So could you please introduce yourselves and share a little bit about your roles at the University of Michigan? Hi, thank
1: you for having us today. My name is Maureen Burke and I'm a police officer with the University of Michigan Division of Public Safety and Security. I have been uh, with the university for 30 years and my current role is the Special Victims Unit Outreach and Engagement Coordinator. And what I do in that role is ensure that we are training our current officers Our new officers and employees on best practice for trauma-informed response to calls for interpersonal violence on campus. We also engage and plan outreach and engagement events for the community. So um, different events around campus for staff, students, visitors.
2: Hi Erica, Um, thank you for having us. My name is Margie Pillsbury and I'm a police officer also um, with DPSS. I've been an officer for 29 years and I've spent most of my career investigating interpersonal violence. My current role working for DPSS is the SVU Investigations Coordinator and I work closely with our SVU Detective Bureau as well as Maureen and like she mentioned, we're promoting best practices on our campus in responding to interpersonal violence.
0: Thank you both so much for those introductions. Wondering if you can elaborate a little bit on the Special Victims Unit and what resources it provides.
2: We aim to provide survivors with information about reporting processes and options. And the goal there is to empower survivors to make informed decisions. We know that a lot of times when we're um, talking to our community that there are a lot of fears about reporting. People don't know what'll happen if they pick up the phone and and call us. And we've learned that just making ourselves available and being willing to answer questions for survivors and explain these processes, um, more of them are likely to report. The SVU also provides um, information and safety planning. Even if someone doesn't want to file a police report, we can connect um, people with advocacy and just make sure their questions are answered. We also provide assistance and support to survivors um, if the incident didn't occur on campus or in the Ann Arbor area. Because if someone's affiliated with the university, we can help connect them with resources, other law enforcement agencies, and just again, provide safety planning for them.
1: What we really want to drive home is that we are here as a resource for our community. so as Margie mentioned, even if the incident didn't happen on campus or in the Ann Arbor area, If someone's dealing with an issue at home and they're worried about their safety as they come to campus, we will take the time and do safety planning and meet with anyone um, that is concerned for their safety and help go over safety planning options, personal protection orders, uh, just to ensure not only are their survivors safe, but as well as the staff and students that work or go to school with our
0: survivors. Those are such important resources, and I'm really glad that you described them and made sure to emphasize that, you know even if it's not uh, something that's occurring directly on campus, that there's still the support mechanism for our students and our, our U of M community. As you both know, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Can you share why you feel this is an important observance to have? So
1: we feel that engaging our community, especially during April Sexual Assault Awareness Month, is to bring awareness to the topic of sexual assault. And we know that it's an uncomfortable topic for people to talk about, but we must get past that discomfort and begin to talk about it and educate ourselves as well as our community on how we can best provide support to survivors when they disclose a sexual assault.
0: What are some of the common fears or misconceptions that need to be addressed through conversations around sexual assault and violence and these topics?
2: So we understand one of the primary things we hear a lot from survivors is a fear of being blamed, that it's their fault, that somehow they deserved what um, happened because of what they did or didn't do. And that's simply not true. Um, We work very hard to help survivors understand that 100% of the responsibility for the sexual assault goes on the person who committed the sexual assault, not the survivor. We know that survivors are concerned about being believed and that's one thing that we work really hard to educate ourselves, our officers and our community on. Um, We are committed to the Start by Believing campaign um, and it's not just a campaign, it's an understanding of what we're talking about, that it is never the survivor's fault when they um, become a victim of a sexual assault. A lot of survivors tell us that they're reluctant to come forward because they don't believe there's enough evidence. Um, People tend to think of evidence such as DNA or video recordings and things like that. There are a lot of um, different types of corroborative evidence that we can use to prove a sexual assault case and that's one of the reasons we really enjoy the opportunities to talk to survivors, answer their questions, help them understand what things are important for them to preserve um, in case they choose to
1: make a report at some point. We know it is common on a college campus that survivors are hesitant to report because of the fear of retaliation. We're very fortunate at U of M that we have very strong policies and procedures in place to prevent retaliation and to report retaliation. And so we work very closely with ECRT and our Title IX office to ensure that survivors are supported. If they do feel like they are being retaliated against, that we have a mechanism in place for situations like that to be handled appropriately.
2: Yeah, and another common myth is that most sexual assaults are committed by strangers. And we know from research that's simply not true. 80 to 90% of all sexual assaults are committed by someone known to the survivor. And it's important to get that message out because that just adds to that misinformation that discourages people from reporting. And then the last thing I wanted to mention is a lot of survivors think that if they file a report with the police department or law enforcement, that they'll be forced to go to court and follow through with the prosecution. And that's simply not um, the truth. When a survivor in Washtenaw County or on U of M's campus chooses um, to file a sexual assault, they have complete control over whether or not they participate and move forward with that case. We will work with them each step of the way. And if at any point they choose to stop participating or they don't wanna go to court, um, that's perfectly acceptable and we will respect their decision.
0: Thank you so much. Since reducing the stigma around these conversations is an important component of this awareness month, can you share how community members can do their part to help reduce the stigma around talking about sexual assault?
1: We feel like it's very important for the community, as well as family and friends, to educate themselves on how they would respond to a disclosure and how they could best support a survivor. So we really promote different events around campus and education sessions um, to increase awareness, such as the Start by Believing campaign, Denim Day, Take Back the Night, Survivor Speakouts. Uh, We want survivors to be supported no matter who they disclose to. So we really think it's important to um, bring awareness, as we said, especially during April, Sexual Assault Awareness Month, bring awareness to the topic and reducing that stigma of coming forward and disclosing to somebody.
0: How important is it to have resources like the Special Victims Unit at higher education institutions specifically?
2: Because when someone at an institution is sexually assaulted, there are many components. Having officers with specialized training can help ensure a more coordinated and appropriate response, both for the survivor and the accused. When these incidents occurred it is usually after business hours and DPSS is available
1: 24 hours a day to help our community. Also as a Special Victims Unit, we have the ability to make sure a coordinated response is in place. Medical assistance, evidence collection, connecting survivors with resources. But we also work very closely with the Dean of Students Office, housing, ECRT Title IX to make sure all the needs of that survivor are met. So sometimes it's a housing relocation, it's a class accommodation, So those are the types of things, as a special victims unit, we are able to take the time to make sure we have a comprehensive community response to support our survivors. And that's super important on a college campus because we know that many factors are affected when a student is sexually assaulted, their housing, their academics, financially. So we wanna make sure that these students are supported um, as they deserve to be supported.
0: So, of course, all of campus it has been adjusting and readjusting to different components of hybrid and remote and in person activity, as you know we're, we're back to having a lot of in person things on campus now and classes. However, for so long, we were remote or in these hybrid situations so i'm wondering. Did the pandemic impact how you provided these resources and support, and have any of your processes changed during this time that students should know about?
1: So none of our processes have changed other than we've added the option of meeting via Zoom or by phone call with survivors. Um, We used to always try to meet in person, which wasn't always, we didn't realize at the time, but was not always the most convenient or the most comfortable setting for a survivor. So now Having the option of Zoom has really proved to be a silver lining in the pandemic that we just have had access to students and staff that are affected by sexual assault that may not feel comfortable meeting in person. And so it's really been a great tool for us and we'll continue to use as an option. You know, we'll always meet with someone in person or by phone, um, but we'll always have the uh, Zoom or, you know, virtual option to meet with survivors, um, whatever is most comfortable for them.
2: Yeah, like Maureen said, um, learning about the online platform using Zoom and other platforms to talk to survivors was a silver lining of the um, pandemic, and it's really helped facilitate um, us working with confidential resources to meet with survivors. Um, During the pandemic, when we were all on Zoom, um, we frequently had SAPAC or Safe House Center connect with us and set up a time to talk to a survivor who maybe had questions and wasn't quite ready to report. And coordinating those three entities' schedules is much easier to do over Zoom than, like Maureen said, us driving across campus, trying to find a place to park, et cetera. So that's something really nice that came out of the pandemic that I think is going to continue um, going forward. Um, Though it's not new, we do want to remind our um, campus that we have um, trauma-informed spaces across our campus that DPSS created just to meet with survivors. Um, We have a space on North Campus, South Campus and Central Campus, and they're um, comfortable living room style offices that we've set up where um, someone can meet with the SVU and file a report that also, you know, just helps with the convenience if someone wants to meet in person and South Campus isn't the most convenient place to go. We have a space on North Campus.
0: How can individuals be supportive of those who have experienced and survived a sexual assault?
1: We cannot emphasize enough how important it is that someone be believed when they disclose a sexual assault. So we really want to educate. Again, our community, our staff, our family members, to be supportive, believe a survivor when they do disclose to you things like, I'm sorry this happened to you, um, it's not your fault, um, taking the time to listen and let them tell their story. Um, and then of course knowing we're resources, right? So we want our faculty, staff, and students to know that SVU is here as a resource, but we also want to make sure that survivors have access to confidential resources. The Special Victims Unit, we are not a confidential resource, but we work very closely with SAPAC and CAPS and FASCO to ensure that our staff, students, and faculty have confidential support that they need on campus.
0: What resources are available to the campus community and how can students and others learn more?
2: The Special Victims Unit strongly encourages survivors Um, And even a friend, if a survivor um, confides in you and comes to you, we encourage you to contact a confidential resource such as SAPAC, CAPS, or Safe House Center. These resources are free and they're confidential and they're trained professionals um, in responding to sexual violence. Um, We also want to remind people that we have um, medical forensic exams for sexual assaults on campus, both at the Michigan Medicine Hospital and also at University Health Services. To have one of these exams, there is no cost to the survivor or their insurance and they don't need to file a police report. And then the Special Victims Unit also wants to be a resource to survivors experiencing sexual assault and we are available to meet with you by phone, Zoom or in person. We are willing to answer your questions and assist you with filing a report if you choose and anyone who wants more information can contact us by calling our 24 hour dispatch center at 734-763-1131.
0: Is there anything else that either of you would like to share? So I just wanted to touch on a few things that
1: we've done for Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Um, you may notice around campus on the um, central campus around the Diag, we hung teal ribbons with information for Safe Health Center to support and raise awareness about Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Uh, We also have a Take Back the Night event at the Michigan Union.
2: Um, We wanted to remind our community about medical amnesty. If someone experiences a sexual assault and chooses to file a report with the police, they will not be investigated or charged with minor in possession of alcohol, use of drugs or any other crime. And this applies, you know, back when we had COVID, there were COVID restrictions and restrictions on the number of people that could be in a place and things like that. Um, If you're a survivor of sexual assault and you file a report with U of M police, you will not be investigated for any um, type of behavior that was going on at the time or leading up to your experiencing a sexual assault. We are here to support survivors and we wanna remove barriers to reporting.
1: In closing, what I would like to remind everyone on campus about is that DPSS and the Special Victims Unit is here as a resource. Just by reaching out and calling that dispatch number and asking questions or asking to be connected with a Special Victims Unit officer does not automatically generate a police report. We are here as a resource. So if you or someone you know has been affected by sexual assault, please, please call, ask to speak with Special Victims Unit officer and we can explain the different processes and options and um, let the survivor make the decision about moving forward with a criminal process or not. But if minimally, we'll get you connected with medical assistance, advocacy, and university support that you deserve.
2: The SVU wants to let our community know that any group or unit on our campus can request a presentation from the special victims unit or an information session. Um, just contact us through the dispatch number at 734-763-1131. We also wanna encourage our community to participate in uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month and they can do that by um, educating themselves, looking at the Start by Believing campaign, consider taking the pledge, um, promising to start by believing if a survivor confides in you. Um, And consider participating in Denim Day on April 27th this year. You can find more out about Denim Day at DenimDay.org.
1: I also wanted to mention that we have a very comprehensive website at dpss.umich.edu. We have a section for the Special Victims Unit and resources. So please visit our website as well as our DPSS app.
0: And I want to thank you both sincerely for your time today and sharing all of this incredibly valuable and important information with our campus community. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thank you, Erica. We so appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag impact.